Hello, beautiful women, and welcome to the Claimed Podcast. I'm Anna Rova, your host, and let me tell you a little bit about myself if you're new to the podcast. I'm a femininity and feminine embodiment coach, and I run a very powerful program for single successful women who want to attract and keep committed masculine men or women who are already in relationships but want to change that feminine masculine polarity in their relationship. excited, Anna Rova. Uh, my name is Waylon Lewis with Elephant Turtle, and I am honored to bring a very exciting to me, and I'm sure to many of you guests, uh, Anna Rova, who is a world-renowned expert on relationships, unlike myself, certainly. So we're going to get into, if you have any questions about your relationships or gender dynamics or commitment or, you know, communication, I mean, basically I'm nothing but questions. Please put them, Facebook people, YouTube people, say where in the world you're from. Anna's coming to us live from Australia, where it's like probably 9 a.m. or something. Yeah. 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 And I'm in Boulder. Uh, Anna, so tell me about what you do and how did you come to it and what's your podcast and what can we sign up for free to do? Yeah, well, thanks for the great introduction, Waylon. I'm not sure if I'm a world-renowned expert. Um, in my mind, you are. Yeah. You're for sure more world-renowned than me, but you know, hopefully one day we'll get there. We'll see. But thanks well, so much for having me. We have both uh, Between the two of us, that's right. Yeah. I'm in Australia, you're in Boulder, so we're like covering pretty much the whole world here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Waylon. I'm, I'm super excited and really honored to be here with Elephant Journal. I've been a fan of yours for years you know so you all all of the stuff that you're putting out there is great so it's truly an honor right. in terms of my story and how i came to do this it's been a long journey you know i've been doing this for for many years now and really when i tell my story it really started with a breakup <laughs> and a quick kind of a caveat here on an interesting fact is that i never saw myself first of all as a coach and I never saw myself as someone who would be coaching in dating and relationships. You know, this is not something I wanted to be in, but it so happened that I was following my calling and I was also following a problem that I see today in the world and especially something that women are really struggling with. So, yeah, well, as if, you know, all great businesses start with a problem and then you think of a possible solution. Yeah. And that's what I saw. Yeah, and obviously it started with my personal story where, you know, it all started with a breakup when I was like 23 or something. It was a long time ago, 24 actually. And um, when I did break up with my boyfriend at the time, my story of relationships was that I went from one long-term relationship to another long-term relationship, kind of, you know, stumbled upon relationships, and didn't know anything about it, was never educated about it. And so... When I did break up with my boyfriend at the time, I started kind of, you know, I was a free woman. I was a solo woman. I wanted to date and I was excited and ready to explore the dating world. And when I started to get into that and kind of, well, how does this all work and how do people date and men and women, everything, I've discovered a whole range of just misunderstanding and misconception. And it was really strange to me how after all of the books on 
men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And we've been doing this for thousands of years, really. There was such a big gap between, you know, men and women, how we understand each other, how we relate to each other, how attraction works. And so I started researching and diving into it. And um, this is where I discovered actually David Data. I'm not sure if you're familiar with David Data's work. Where yeah, he's a kind of controversial uh, person over here. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's why you probably think I'm also a little bit controversial because... Yeah. The foundation for my work, one of the biggest foundations is actually feminine, masculine polarity in relationships. I have discovered Data's work and that whole idea of polarity in relationships, and I became obsessed with it because not only I saw this in real life within my personal dating life, but I also saw it everywhere. And the more I dived into the subject, the more I realized that actually polarity is what forms the basis for so many relationships, well, if not all relationships between specifically heterosexual, but same sex as well. And so anyways, that led me to a whole... It forms the basis, meaning it's not a problem. It's actually a dynamic that you could engage in an interesting way. Yeah, it's an attraction dynamic. It's how things... And if you really dig into feminine mass so feminine masculine polarity in general i think has a lot of labels behind it a lot of misconception a lot of weight a lot of controversy because i think people don't really necessarily understand what i mean you can interpret it in any way you like because these are some esoteric concepts that you know we can talk about forever you, mm -hmm. you either resonate with it or not but in my specific case, the more I dug into that. So what happened with my journey is that I was really curious, Waylon, about polarity and about men. I'm like, why women do not understand men and men's quest, it seems like their whole life they're trying to understand what women want. The movies about this and everything. So I decided to start small. And yeah, it's like a male fantasy. There's that. I know. Pretty, pretty mediocre movie with Mel Gibson in like the 90s. <laughs> yes. I think it's called What Women Want or something. And he, yeah, what like, women want. he gets hit on the head, I think, and he gets like a magical power where he can read women's minds. And finally, he's like, finally, he under I don't actually know if I've seen the movie, but I've definitely seen the trailer. Yeah. So I decided to start my own podcast. At that point in time, I was a podcast junkie. I listened to podcasts. I was always very yeah. entrepreneurial and very curious. So I said, I'm going to start my podcast. It's going to be yeah. called Men Inside Show, and I'm going to interview men about women and relationships. And okay. so I started interviewing my colleagues, uh, the men that I know in my life. And I was always kind of a bro and a dude. You know, I was a strong, independent, successful woman. I got along with men a lot better than with women. No wonder, you know. And so I did this cool photo shoot where I'm like sitting there in a dress and there's these men in underwear around me. There's still pictures on the internet of that. It was really fun. Like it was a side project for me. For about two years, and I've had many different conversations with men from all walks of life, to from porn stars to chefs to marketers to polyamorous guys and all that. So it was really fun. And then during all of that time, I also dived into personal growth. I actually worked as an online marketer in personal growth. So I had to market and sell programs, uh, you know, dealing with abundance blocks and limiting beliefs and chakras and all of that stuff. Yeah. So. You and sound like you fit in in like Boulder or Venice, California, if you ever <laughs> Yeah, I was not that. I was on the opposite side of the world, yeah. but still. So, and you know, for me, it was really interesting because I was born and raised in Eastern Europe. And I don't know if you know much about Eastern Europe, Waylon, but 
people who meditate in Eastern Europe are considered a bit crazy. Uh, meditation yeah. and personal growth is not, it's coming in now to the market. Right. We're so behind it that we for are me, a bit crazy. I mean, that's <laughs> a why little we bit. That's why we meditate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, well, you know, my so family me, is actually Eastern European Jewish. Oh, really? That's yeah. But I don't know. I've never been. I'm, Oh, you should go. It's a, yes. it's like a completely different world. Yeah. yeah. So what happened is that after these two years, obviously I was interviewing men. I was reading all the books on relationships. I was diving deep into polarity and all of that. You know, I kind of thought this might be a business, but I didn't, it was a hobby. Yeah. And so fast forward two years. And during that time, I also started traveling the world as a digital nomad my husband hates that term but yeah. i arrived i ended up in colombia because i always wanted to go to latin america and then my second week in colombia is where i met my future husband string and how many years were you into your podcast it was about two years that i was in, into my podcast <laughs> i think by that time i'd released like 43 interviews because i was releasing them you know every two weeks or so you learned as you went like you were starting to form some understanding of how you wanted, like who you were looking for, how you wanted to engage with that polarity of genders. And, oh, yeah. And during yeah. these two years, Waylon, I've had my shit show of meeting different men, sleeping around, yeah. making all the mistakes, having my heart broken, you know, yeah. like I've gone through a whole roller coaster yeah. of just ups and downs and, uh, you know, why, why I was attracting what I was attracting, what love is for me, my relationship with my dad. So yeah. all of this podcasting was actually my personal project to heal myself and actually yeah. heal all of the beliefs that I had around men relationships and all of that. And so when I met String, he was my committed masculine man. And I realized after that, that I actually was doing all this work that would lead me to meeting him. And when I did meet him and we started dating and there was a whole, anyways, drama there and all of that, you know, how that works in Colombia. I kind of, you know, intuitively I stopped doing that podcast. It's not that it didn't feel right anymore. I just, I, I, I knew that this was a personal journey that I had to close that chapter because mm you know, I found my man. And so we moved together to Mexico and started traveling. And then we got engaged about nine months later, a year after we got married and six months after I got pregnant and we came to Australia because he's Aussie. And um, now we're here and I'm actually pregnant now with my second child. So wow. it's kind of like I was wondering person. about all the artwork in the back. Is that your child's? Oh God, I, she's two and a half, Waylon. Oh, <laughs> she can't do that yet. She's very talented. But she might. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I have a genius child. So during that time, you know, I was really, so I, I decided to quit my online marketing job and just take some time off and, you know, write. I decided to write and explore, document my journey, how I'm traveling, what's on my mind, what I'm learning about myself, men and all of that. And so about six months in, I did my yoga teacher training three months after that. Six months in, my husband was like, I started to crave again to do my own thing, to get out there. You know, I'm, I'm someone who loves to be on stage, as you probably can see. Yeah. And, you know, I, I knew how to do a podcast and people loved the message. And so anyways, we decided he really encouraged me to pursue my passion. And my passion at that time morphed into I saw a big problem on the market or in the dating world and relationships and specifically women, which at that time I called the lie of female success. And so I started my podcast called Girl Skill, which is now claimed. What was it called? 
It's called Girl Skill. It's still our website, but we're transitioning into claim.com. Right. Yeah. I mean, now I look at that name. I'm like, how do we pick that name? But anyway. Let me just take a little commercial break. So if someone wants to do a free webinar with you, we have the link in the sidebar. So people can do a, I want to say course, but it's a free webinar with you. And yeah. you specifically focus on kind of strong, independent women, women who are empowered in their own life, but maybe aren't finding a, a partner who's up to that or something seems off there. Yeah, this is this training. So this is where what I do now, because when I started, it was really trying to understand and find a solution to the dilemma that women are struggling with, which is the lie of female success that basically tells us your power as a woman lies in your independence and in your strength, that femininity is weakness, that we need to be like men, that we need to compete with men. It's all about leaning in, going forward, achieve, achieve, achieve. And that was great. And I was that woman. I'm still that woman, Waylon. But at yeah. the same time, I saw that that's not fulfilling for me and yeah. that's not fulfilling for many women. And on top of that, what's happening is that the trend is the more successful women become, it seems like the less happy are they, they are in dating relationships and finding a really good man. There's so, so many contradictions in here, which I love, which yeah. is your message is about empowering empowerment and being a strong, independent woman. Certainly nothing is wrong with that. But in doing that, you know, there's some sort of patriarchal model that we push these strong women, culture pushes these strong, independent women into where they mistake femininity for not being strong and it is strong and that you can engage in your femininity whatever that looks like something like that and and yeah. then you're, and then i love the title which is from you where have all the good men gone it's sort of a trick question when you're you're in this world of feeling like you can't find anyone but it's because of something you're not fully embodying your own strength yeah, absolutely. And that goes circles all the way back to polarity, right? So we kind of started with polarity and my mm. me stumbling upon David Data and polarity. And when I discovered this huge problem that women are dealing with, I really was trying to find a solution. I said, number one, why is this problem happening? What is the root cause of that? And what is actually the solution there? Right. And so the more I dug into that, I understood that you know, in the last 50 years or so, or more, 50 to 70 years from, you know, the first wave of feminism that basically woke up in the 50s, Betty Friedan said, excuse me, we are women, but we're not only housewives and mothers. That's not what is fulfilling to us. Uh, we want more, right? Uh, we want to go out there and work and pursue our dreams. And we have it. Hello, I'm a woman. I have ambition. You know, it's like, what? Something that, wasn't very um, clear at that point. Right. So throughout all of that movement, you know, for the last 50, 70 years, amazing things have happened, obviously, because I always say, you know, I see so many things today that are talking about how women are disempowered and all of that. And I see that for sure. But I also think that we live in the best time that women have ever lived because we have the most amount of opportunities today. You could also argue the most equality that women have ever had. My mother and my grandmother, and I think yours as well, they did not have those opportunities that we have today. Yes, there's still a lot of problems that we're dealing with, but if we look yeah. at the bright side, 
you know, the world is your oyster pretty much if you're a woman. My mom, when she was 25, the age probably of a lot of women watching or listening right now, was not legally allowed to have her own P.O. box in the United States. So, yeah, we're not far enough in terms of equity, but we're, wow, the progress in just my mom's lifetime. Yeah, or like women couldn't take loans or whatever without their husbands. Like, it's crazy, you know? So where we are today, we've come so far. But what happened is also in that process, the swing or the pendulum, in my opinion, has swung too far. So we, we've gone from, in the 50s, a woman's place is in the kitchen and being a mother, and that's what's fulfilling for her, to going now in 2021 and for the last maybe 10 years, which is, you could call it, fourth feminism wave, where it's like, where it's like your career and your job and your business or whatever is actually the most important thing, right? And if you want to have children, if you want to be taken care of by a man, that's like, Waylon, don't tell anyone that I want that because that's not okay. You have no idea. Like when I said I want a second child, women messaging me and saying, you're so brave. I'm like, what? When has it become brave for a woman to say that she wants a family and she wants children? So there was a huge pendulum swing from here to here. And so today, and, you know, our mothers told us, and that's one of the biggest problems and the root causes of it. A lot of mothers told us as little girls to not depend on a man, to be independent, to achieve in your career, and also not mothers, fathers as well, right? Because, you know, once you become a father, I think as a man, a lot of things change in your psyche and mentality. We have been told as women growing up, push, achieve, focus on your career and your independence, make sure you never depend on a man, and then things will take care of themselves. Now, The intention behind this message was, of course, really, really good because our parents wanted us as women to succeed and be independent and all of that, take care of ourselves. And yeah, that's great. But what that planted in the minds of so many women is that I can't depend on a man. I can't trust men. And then they, as life goes and they experience and limiting those beliefs are built over time and society and culture today, Waylon tells us this masculinity is toxic, can't trust men no good men around, all they want is to get into your pants and have sex with you and, like, look at Netflix today. So, and a woman today finds herself in her 30s or 40s, very, very successful. These are all of my clients, but deeply unfulfilled in the in the realm of relationships and children. And, in fact, when you ask them, Waylon, this is actually what makes them happy and fulfilled. The career and the business is great and it's an ambition that we pursue But at the end of the day, when my head hits the pillow, I don't want to talk about revenue goals and KPIs and what I have achieved. I want to know who I am behind all of that. So a lot of the achievement that women have, and I'm talking about myself, I realize that's a facade that I've built all of my degrees and achievements and career success. That's all amazing. I'm all all up for that. But we need to look deep down inside and realize that actually I yearn. I yearn for a man to come into my life, take me by the hand and tell me, Anna, be ready at 8 p.m. on Saturday because I'm going to pick you up and take you to a really nice restaurant. We're going to have a great time. And at the end of the day, women want to be claimed by their men, which plays into polarity. So I'm going to kind of stop there for you to direct that. Well, I love it. I actually told you when we were in the green room before this started, the first time I read, so you have an article up on Elephant, And there's a powerful statement in there that I think a lot of 
elephant readers would agree with. And again, it's sort of a trick statement. And I'll mention that in a second. But the first time I read your article, I was like, wow, this is like kind of retrograde. Like this is sort of encouraging, like you want to be claimed? What? You want a man to tell you what? This is like the opposite of feminism. And then the second time I read it, I was like, actually, you're just saying you can relax into your who you are and allow someone else the space to be a, a leader in your relationship as well and in your life. And then the third time I read it, I was like kind of getting into it. I was like really into it. So I hope we have your link in the sidebar. It's titled uh, Stuck in a Pattern of Dating uh, Disasters, How to Find Your Blind Spot and Track the Men You Want. And you start by this statement that I think is hugely popular and common on elephant, which is generally speaking is men are immature, emotionally unavailable a-holes who can't be trusted. And when women hear that on elephant and generally in society, they're like, F yeah, but there's a problem there. If you view men as toxic and you view your independence and strength as isolated, as separate from a relationship, perhaps, then you're not going to attract or find a match that does that is uh, somehow an equal match in polarity. Is that sort of the thesis? Can you explain this whole claimed thing in terms of feminism and in terms of love and, like you said, wanting to have a family and a fulfilling yeah, life? Absolutely. So I think we should start, Waylon, with, and I, and I understand what you're saying, and a lot of women, when they hear that, they're like, but what about men doing all the work? Like, I've done all my work. There's a lot of this misconception that when we talk about feminine and when we talk about polarity, that you need to be this weak damsel in distress, you know, delegate all the responsibility for your life, your money and everything yeah. to this man and just yeah. sit there and go back into the 50s. That is not the feminism that I live in and that is not my reality. I run a very successful business. I'm a mother soon to be of two. I'm a very strong, ambitious and independent woman just like a lot of my clients. And I think that, you know, because a lot of relationship and dating advice there that's based on femininity, I think a lot of strong, successful women see a woman who talks about femininity and she's like, in flower crowns and walking in the woods. And, uh -huh. you know, for example, if you ask me, I'm not a woman who's going to be stay-at-home mom with, their, with her children. I would respect women who choose that, but I'm not someone who's going to choose that because that's not me. I don't see, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. So let's talk about the fundamentals because I am so, con my conviction is so strong in this message and in this dynamic because I've probably talked to more than thousands of women. Yeah as to what kind of a man are you attracted to. So for everyone listening, this is a very, very easy exercise to understand this because I can talk in theory forever. If you're a woman, ask yourself the question, what kind of a man are you attracted to, right? And so, and what do you want and how do you want to feel in a relationship? This is, these are two questions that I've asked more than thousands of women that I worked with, got on discovery calls, all of that. Number one, most women reply, I'm attracted to a man who is, assertive, who knows what he wants, who takes charge, who has his shit together, his life together, and who would court me and pursue me and take me by the hand and tell me, as I said, be ready at 8 p.m., I'm going to take you out. That is the dance that women are very much craving. We are attracted to a man who is in his masculine, how I call it, and the masculine is all about taking charge knowing where he's going and there's an assertiveness and a confidence. I can trust this guy. 
because mm. I can feel safe, I can feel protected with him, mm. and I can also feel that I could be provided for. And I know provided for is like ugh, so controversial for many women, but Waylon, when I got pregnant for the first time, it was very clear. All of my feminism slogans went out of the window because when I was throwing up in my bathroom, you know, in my first trimester, forget about work, forget about everything because I couldn't. I literally physically couldn't. And so when we ask women, the, how do you want to feel? They want to feel safe in a relationship. They want to feel heard. They want to feel seen. David Data talks about this idea of I want my heart to be open. I'm stuck on the APM thing, which I don't think is bad. I'm just curious about it. If I'm in a relationship, if a hypothetical me is in a hypothetical relationship with you, and I say, APM, I'm taking you to dinner on my big horse, and it's going to be amazing, or my big pickup, and you know I'm being all assertive, how is that listening to you? You may want to go to a vegan restaurant, and I may be taking you to a steakhouse. How is that being present or open or awake? or? Yeah, good question. First of all, you probably wouldn't use that voice. Because I think yeah. you're impersonating a man who is in his unhealth, <laughs> unhealthy masculine or a-holes, yeah. how we talk about. So right. when we talk about masculinity and femininity and this whole polarity spectrum, we have to understand that there's unhealthy masculine and unhealthy feminine on both sides. So a masculine man is a man who stands strong in his ability to take charge, to hold space, right? and to just take care of things and hold this world together, let's say. Mm -hmm. The unhealthy masculine is that takes that same quality of masculine achievement, direction, go, go, go. It's all about a goal. This is why men are always interested in sports, in the little death. Ejaculation is all about little death, right? Like from point A to B, what is the shortest path to that? A woman or a feminine essence being, which is most women, doesn't think like that. In my system, that's not how I work. I work in cycles. I might go A, B, C, D, F, and F is my B, where A to B is yours. And so in that way, the unhealthy masculine, what he does, he takes the same qualities of a masculine but creates win-lose situations, take advantage of them, and creates a win for himself and a lose for others. It's These are all the narcissists. These are men who t with big egos who do not have that capacity to know themselves, to not put their ego first, right? But That's the same the thing... That's distinction because we're not talking about aggression or bullying or insecure, this sort of toxic insecurity, but we're talking about being grounded and being relaxed and in some Absolutely. way taking care of and thinking about our partner. Absolutely. So I look at you, Ella, when you talk about this, my body as a feminist as woman relaxes and lets go of control. Yeah. This is a man when I'm with, and I know women know what I'm talking about, that you can just breathe out, right? right. And so yeah. on the same spectrum, it's very important when we talk about healthy, unhealthy masculinity, we need to talk about healthy, unfelt, unhealthy femininity. We have been too much skewed in our culture today talking about toxic masculinity, 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 but there is exactly the same thing happening on the opposite side. So I hope this explains this idea that, you know, I'll pick you up at 8 o'clock. There, there can be one man who's saying, 
I'll pick you up at 8 p.m. If you don't show up, there is going to be trouble. You know, that's not okay. Yeah, no. But there's something about a man who is assertive, who knows what he wants and who courts you and pursues you. Women want that, the yearning and craving for it. You have no idea how many women are like, this guy doesn't know what he wants. He's wishy-washy. Like, just take charge. You know, that's what's attractive. And Waylon, this is not something I came, I've studied this and the roots of this is not actually in some esoteric concepts. The roots of this are in biology and evolutionary psychology. If we study, you know, sexual selection, that's what it's based on. And if I were, this is a huge subject. I read a PhD book, whole book on, on this whole subject. We don't need to get into it. But the idea and the premise is that as long as women are the ones to get pregnant, carry the pregnancy, birth and nurse, Essentially, this is what it comes down to. Our physiological differences and psychologically evolutionary differences drive this attraction behavior, and it's all unconscious. It's the peacocking. You know, if you look at the natural world and the prime animal world, it's the peacock. All of you guys, what are you doing since you are teenagers? You're just peacocking, showing off your resources. And, you know, the female will always go for the man who has the most amount of resources because subconsciously in her body, she wants to be provided for because she knows that. And this is not even in our minds, our body and our psychology drives that subconsciously. I want a man who's going to take care of me when I'm going to have children. On the other side, men are looking subconsciously, evolutionary speaking, for to impregnate as many women as possible. I know this sounds bizarre and weird, but we're animals. And so they're looking for the female who will be the most fertile, the youngest, and so on and so forth. So yeah. anyway, so much you talk there. There's so much there that we could get into because there is peacock. I, you know, I understand the term peacocking in terms of men. Like we like to wear our big cowboy boots or our cool shirt or whatever and prance around. You know, there is peacocking in a sense in many traditional cultures where the women will wear their dowries on, you know, the beautiful turquoise jewelry or you know they'll peacock in their own way whether it's with their bodies or their wealth or their beautiful outfits and men do that too so we do it in different ways sure but i don't it's a different energy though right because the women do it to attract attention and to attract the males who are going to compete for them but the men do it for the reason of competing with other males to attract attention to claim the female it's the same thing of how yeah. we decorate ourselves. And of course, a woman goes out there, but a woman goes out there, well, and sits at the bar, orders a drink and waits to be approached, mm-hmm. right? But you as the guy, you go into a bar and you are drawn to approach. That is the dance that we're doing in dating and in relationships as well. It's a very different dynamic, right? It's so complicated, this stuff too, though, because if you're an empowered woman and, and I'm sitting at a, you know, I'm not trying to make things awkward here. but I mean, No, no, that's fine. If I'm sitting at a bar talking with my buddy and some empowered woman walks up, you know, I'm engaged now. But if, if some empowered woman walks up, also there's a pandemic, so who's been in a bar lately? But I guess Australia has been, but... um. You know, I love that. Like, what's wrong with that? An empowered woman who knows what she wants and goes out and gets it or asks for it, that's great. So some of this is cultural to me, which feels fine or unhealthy. Some Sometimes cultural things are kind of fun, but sometimes there's unhealthy. But Waylon, in the long term, and I've worked with so many women to confirm that, in yeah. the long term, 
when a woman goes and gets what she wants and asks for what, like, I'm going to go and approach, great. But in the long term, that is not what's fulfilling to a woman. You're going to end up with a man who is either playing the 50-50 game with you where it's like you, me, who's taking care of the child, 50-50, everything, or you're going to end up with a feminine man where you're going to be taking charge of everything, the household, the finances, the kids, and you're going to be parenting him. And ultimately, that would lead to unhappiness in relationships for a woman long term. In the beginning, it might be great. Professor, can I ask a question? (laughs) Sure. I love this. This is so complicated. And and we are inviting, just a reminder, you can do a free webinar with Anna. Uh, The link should be in the sidebar. And please ask a question. We have two questions. If you ask a question, I will ask your question unless it's an awful question. It's funny, when you were talking about this bar dynamic thing, I was thinking about this incredibly empowered woman who I've known all my life. I grew up with her in the uh, Buddhist community. And, you know, I adore her husband. He's a good friend of mine, maybe ex-husband now. And he was by no means feminine, but there was this sense that she was in charge of everything. And ultimately, I don't know why, I'm not going to speak for their relationship, but ultimately that dynamic didn't work for them. And they tried an open relationship and then they kind of, they've been letting go of the relationship in an amicable way. So overall it was good. She was an incredibly empowered woman, but yeah, I think there was some sense of, and she was the kind of woman who would go up to any man in any bar and say, you know, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. And you're saying something's wrong with that, but not because you're anti-feminist, but because there's, it's almost like there, it's this further wave of feminism where you're allowed to relax. There's nothing that. wrong with that, Waylon. Right. Like, if you want to do that as a woman, great. You know, I respect okay. that. I congratulate that. And that's fine, right? And if yeah. you want to live like that in relationships and your dating life, that's also fine. Some women yeah. really prefer being in charge of everything, of their men, of their finance, of the family and the children, everything. But in my experience is that a lot of women get burnt out and really exhausted because the female psyche and the female system is not built to carry all the responsibility on their shoulders, especially when it comes to children. Because as women, like I'm currently pregnant now, you have no idea, my breasts enlarge in like three times. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm a mammal and a factory for producing milk and producing babies. And every woman who's been pregnant knows what I'm talking about. And so when this is happening in my body and I'm preparing to give birth and nurse and go into my cave, I can't be bothered with the outside world of work, of responsibility, of paying the bills. I cannot think about survival at that point. I want to be taken care of and protected. But the problem is that that's not only happening in the first nine months of pregnancy and maybe another year or two while the baby, you know, is growing or whatever, I have a toddler. This actually carries throughout the whole dynamic and the whole relationship. So when a woman knows how to let go of control with her man and surrender, it's a beautiful dance of polarity where it's not a 50-50 game, where it's actually 100, 100. You're letting your man take care of the things that he needs to take care of and you're taking care of all the other things as well. So what I'm saying yeah. is that it's totally okay to get to the bar and ask for what you want. But what that might lead you is you, you might end up with a man who you're not going to respect, the man who doesn't take charge, and who ultimately you might not be happy with. I could have this conversation for eight hours. I don't know how. I guess you've done it 8,000 hours, so that's not saying that. 
But um, let me read a quote that is by you. It's in this article, which I love, and I think it fits with what you're talking about. It's in your article, which I hope we've also linked. We don't need to learn more tips or tricks. We need to learn to let go again and again, shedding layer by layer this thick, tough skin that we've been piling up over the years. So what does that mean to you? What that means is that the dating and relationship industry today is providing you with the tips and tricks and kind of tools of what to say and texting guide and like here's what what to say. But it doesn't provide a woman on the actual mechanism that works in dating and relationships, understanding polarity. And most importantly, Waylon, it doesn't work with women on excavating beliefs that they have about men, about relationships and themselves and reframing that. Like the quote that you mentioned in the beginning, the world is full of assholes and men who don't take charge, blah, blah, blah. Well, you got to ask yourself why you're attracting these types of men. Because if this is a pattern for you, chances are it's not about men, but it's something about you. Because there's plenty of women around, including myself, where I live in a world of great men. Well, you are one of them. I'm talking to you today. The world is full of great men out there who are ready to step up, ready to take care of you, ready to show up in a powerful masculine man to build a world world together with women. But you got to let them and you got to change your perspective, your belief system that you have about men that has roots not only in your life, but also ancestrally. We're talking about generations and generations of women who have suffered, been betrayed by men, been abused by men. So if you want to stop that cycle in your own family life or generation, the work has to be done. This is deep work in rewiring your beliefs about men so you can start attracting different types of men. And that's what, in my work, that's what I focus on, changing women's beliefs. And that's so important also, which maybe is your next course. I was hoping your next course would be coaching men, but your next course could be coaching these independent, strong women with their mothers. Because like Kara, who I think you may know, she works at Elephant. Uh, she's a mother. And she's saying, I'm not going to buy into all this toxic. Men are toxic. Patri- mm. you know, all men are toxic because, look, I'm raising two boys. Yeah. And I want them to become kind, you know, sane, grounded good human beings, good men. Um, so, you know, not all men are toxic. And I think in the elephant journal world, too often there's the, you know, yes, there are toxic jerks and sleazebags and there's there's all this like unhealthy dynamics on both ends. But yeah, if you look for a good, kind, grounded person, maybe. And Waylon, I would argue that those toxic men are, are in the minority. They really are in the minority. If you look around, there are good men everywhere and they are in the majority. This is the world that I live in. And part of it is that I choose to live in that world. But men are fathers. Men have been brought up by mother, by women. So when you really dig into that, Mm. it's not that the world is full of toxic men. It's a bunch of idiots and assholes that do not have their shit together, who have been, by the way, hurt in the past by women and by the world and are now doing revenge. But and now by, all the uncover and by men, all the uncovering that's happening with toxic masculinity. Yes, that's absolutely true. But that is, I believe, Waylon is the minority, and that's what women need to understand because the world is full of great men. Love that. Yeah, me and a lot of my good buddies who are all good, decent, kind men. A lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us didn't have fathers or had bad relationships with our fathers, mm-hmm. and we grow up and say, 
kind of make almost a pact with our each other or with ourselves and just say, you know, I'm going to grow up to be a, a kind, good father. Yeah. And that is men's work, Waylon. So to all the women thinking that men are not doing the work, that is wrong. I've interviewed so many men who are doing men's work. They're all on my podcast, all on my website. Men are waking up at the same time. But let's stop thinking about as women, what are men doing and focusing on ourselves and what can I do to reframe my belief system and attract great men and contribute to men's awakening, not in a bitchy kind of way of revenge and bitterness, but actually lean back and become curious about the male journey. I've interviewed so many men, exactly what you said, Waylon. There is a reason that there is a loss of masculinity and men are turning toxic, so to say. There's many great books. One of the books is The Boy Crisis by Warren Farrell that I've interviewed on my podcast. There's so many problems that men are dealing with that women do not know about or don't understand. So I highly recommend educating yourself on that because it's always, it's a two-sided coin all the time. So maybe it's a good time for a round of questions. Anyone who asks a question, we will try to get to it. Anna has said she's willing to be here. We're doing a five-hour marathon together. Woo-hoo! I'm We're just going to do one. some uh, toilet breaks in this pregnancy, but yeah, I'm exactly. ready, Waylon. We're doing well. <laughs> no, we'll keep it short, but let's do a couple questions. And a reminder, you can do a free webinar with Anna. The link should be in the sidebar. Also, her article is in the sidebar. So... If you can click on ask a question as well, but I'll, I'll deliver it. I'm going to ask you a question and you're going to answer it. I'm kidding. Sure. Just trying to do the 8 p.m. thing. I'm just practicing. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be right. surprised how many women would be like, oh, my God, yes. Just tell me yeah. where to be. Pick the damn restaurant. Make the plan. Make the reservation. And tell me well, what to be and what time. I'll show yeah. up. It is interesting to hear that because I have always tried to be a good partner in relationships, a good man. And it is confusing because I always think, well, I should ask, where do you want to go? I should and you ask, should. What and do you, you should. Want? And you should. And like yes. the process of getting an engagement ring with my partner was a de- delightful and really positive experience of that partnership where I am attracted to certain kinds of things. Like I am into the environment. So I want an antique ring, not something new. She is into sapphires. I'm not into that, but I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't asked her. And then we found sapphire that was sort of beautiful, deep Rocky Mountain sky blue, you know, and lit up with the sun. And I liked a lot of sapphires. Did you propose to her or did she propose to you? Oh, I got to send you the video. I um, proposed to her. uh, So both. I mean, we talked about getting engaged and married and getting married and children. I always say I'm a big believer in open communication around major life decisions. But the actual proposal was a 100% surprise, and I worked on keeping it a surprise for a fairly long time. And, you know, so I... What, why did you do that? My question is, why did it have to come from you if you were living in an empowered world that is 50-50? Yeah. Why did you propose and plan the surprise? Why did not she do that? Or why didn't you agree to do it together? See, there's well, something I'll in that. Well, ask her afterward because <laughs> now that you it. Um, no, I mean, I would have, honestly, if she had dropped to a knee and proposed to me, I would have been, that's great. I'm, I would be delighted to marry you. Yes. And I probably would have cried, but it was so fun organizing it. And it was so fun. So I invited tons of her friends and tons of my friends and it was all a surprise. And they all jumped out from behind the bushes with these letters that they had all hand painted and some children had hand painted. Will, W-I-L, will you marry me with the huge mountains behind? And it was wonderful. 
you know, the process of figuring out when the heck we get married is actually more complicated because it's more of a group organizational decision. I'm not organizing. Yeah, the but there's something in that I want to interrupt you. When you're talking Please. about planning the proposal, yeah. you see my body, like my body language instinctively, unknowingly, I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling like a little girl. It uh, makes, when you talk about, because the marriage proposal is the ultimate claim on a woman and a woman feels very different when she's being proposed to as you would feel if she would propose to you. It would, it would be very different because there's something about a woman's psyche that gets into this like little girl, you know, like it's so interesting when we watch women who are very successful as we, as you call empowered, become these women who can just relax and let go. And they, we want to be held, you know, it's, it's a very feminine thing. And And I'm trained both men and women in 2020 to think 2021, to think that being what you call a little girl or relaxed or, that there's something bad about being weak or vulnerable. There's something bad Mm -hmm. about relaxing or letting go. Surrendering. Yeah. So surrender, a modern successful woman doesn't know how to surrender, but she needs to understand that that is whatever is helping her to achieve success in her career or business life. It's quite the opposite that's needed when you are dealing with men because masculine men who we are attracted to do not want to compete with us. They do not want another dude. They want a woman. They want to be in a polarity dynamic with a woman who knows how to relax and be present. When I'm one of the dates or with you, Waylon, I want to laugh and I want to be free in my body. I don't want to think, where's this going? And here's my checklist. Are you my next husband? And have you dealt with your childhood trauma? That's all such BS. We, we want to be in this dance of courtship and polarity. We want to have a lot of fun. We want to be free. And if a woman wants that, she has to learn how to get out of her head, into her body, and into her feminine which is playful. But you probably need to be in your head or be discerning until you've weeded out the douchebags, right? Like you. Well, you won't be attracting the douchebags or your radar, your radar for douchebags is going to be so like when a woman is embodied in her feminine, When I'm talking about feminine, I'm talking about a woman who knows herself and has her boundaries. Right. An empowered woman, when you say empowered, that word is like weird to me because to me an empowered woman is a woman who's full in her body and knows who she is and knows that femininity is power. I don't need to be a man to prove everything to everyone. I'm a woman. This is my body. I know what I want. I have very strong boundaries, but I know how to relax and how to work with my psyche, with my cycles and with my body. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, a lot of this is going with sort of cis gender dynamics and there are all kinds of, you know, all kinds of gender dynamics and a whole rainbow range of them. And I'm certainly not equipped to talk about or or represent any of them except for myself. But anyway, it's complicated stuff. Let's get to a question. How's that? Yes, let's do it. Okay. We almost got to a question. Um, I know. So here's a really simple one. It was the first one from Michelle. I'm very interested in your response. Mm-hmm. What is the best response when a man ghosts after a few months of intimacy? Good question. We talk about this in the program a lot. So if a man ghosts after a few months of intimacy, this is so packed, Waylon. I can't give a yeah. what is the best response here. Like, well, can I just acknowledge that even the way you just began to respond or not respond has integrity 
because too many of these programs, you know, everyone wants to be a little guru and do these tips and tricks. And you're not about tips and tricks. Mm. You're actually unpacking. You had some better term for it, but getting down there so you can actually. Yeah. So thank you. And like, if, and you know, this is not just, I don't answer questions like this only to my client. If you would be my client, Michelle, we would, we would get on a group call and we would discuss the dynamic there and why and how. But even if you would ask me this question on Instagram and I encourage you, if you're interested, DM me on Instagram and I send voice notes and then things like that. So I would need to actually talk to Michelle to ask her a few questions. For example, yeah. you know, if a guy is ghosting you after a few months of intimacy, number one, is this a pattern that you're seeing in men? Are you getting involved with men very quickly and then they're ghosting you? What kind of men have you been attracting? What is the pattern here, right? And then we would talk about this idea of a funnel, right? I talk about this is kind of a dating trick, but this is so important that I teach women all the time. You need to have a dating funnel, which means that you need to be seeing different men. Dating is dating. It's like I always say this metaphor, it's shopping for shoes. You need to see different men all the time and put yourself into the best position. The biggest problem that a woman does is that she finds a guy or he approaches her or whatever, however that works, right? It, it's all great. You start seeing each other. You start sleeping with each other. And in a woman's mind, a couple of weeks pass. She's seeing the guy. She thinks they're in a relationship, especially because they have intimacy. But in his world, he's not in a relationship at all. The guy might be seeing other women. The guy's in his world or whatever. She's attached now because intimacy is there. And this is, again, evolutionary psychology. Sex for a woman is very, very different than a man. That's why I'm always advising women to be cautious when they enter sexual relationships. And I'm that type of a woman. Waylon, I would have a lot of you know, first date, sex, whatever, I could never abstain. But so I have to acknowledge that. But at the same time, a lot of women make the mistake thinking they're in a relationship. So number one, you should be dating many men at at the same time. And it doesn't mean you need to sleep with all of them, but you need to constantly expose yourself to different types of men. So you prevent a situation, which is a situation ship that I call it, right? There's only two states that a woman can be in her dating life. Number one, you're single. Number two, you're in a relationship. That's it. There's nothing in between. If you find yourself in between, we've got a problem. (laughs) So you've got to set up your boundaries and get very, very clear. And I wrote an article of how to deal with situationships. So in Michelle's case, I would need to ask her more questions and get clear on her situation. And if this has been a pattern, then I would dig deep into why, right? What is the reason that you've been attracting these types of men? What kind of belief systems you have? And this is all the, the work that we do in the program. So unfortunately, Michelle, I don't have a text guide for you. What to say, what to respond. Maybe it's an issue of boundaries as well. Something that I wrote about as well. So that would be my answer to that. I know maybe that's not what you want to hear, but this is, yeah. this is deep. There's well, something deep. what here. I would want to hear if I were Michelle, because so much of it, you would need to talk with Michelle directly and, and find out more. Otherwise, you know, because it's not a, always a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. But um, mm. to me, my my answer, no, no one's asking me, but my answer or my thoughts on that as a man would be, if you've been in an intimate relationship with me or with another man for months and then I'm gone, like that is such a disconnect between how you're feeling and then how I'm acting. There's got to be more open communication. Where are we going? Who are you? What does this mean? To, you know, I feel like open communication is such a undervalued thing in dating. 
Right, but it's also how do you communicate with a guy who disappears and ghosts? Well, I mean, maybe you should have communicated in those couple months. Of <laughs> maybe, but at the same time, I no, think Waylon did. But if he's out of there and there's no communication, like wow, you guys are on yeah. different pages. So I think that communication, to be honest with you, is extremely important. Yeah. But a lot of the times communication is not enough or it's just on the surface because a lot of the times, like with Michelle's case, I think personally that there might not even be a need to communicate right now, right? Because well, maybe it's too late now. But well, it's too late in now. That, in that two-month journey. Right. So a woman energetically knows whether the guy is there or not. So why did she allow herself you're right, to be intimate with a guy for a few months and did not see the signs or did not feel that this guy is just going to disappear. So there's some, he's emotionally unavailable, period. So we need to look at perhaps if this has been a pattern, how might you be emotionally unavailable that you did not see this coming and you ended up in this situation? Yeah. You know, that's where so many of these articles on elephant come out. We have all these articles that are like, every one of my ex-boyfriends ever has been a total narcissist and toxic and I'm an empath and I'm perfect. And you're always like, okay, only a narcissist would say that everyone out there is the problem and I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. So I want to share something well and very important. I've read a book that I highly recommend, especially for those who are in marriages, perhaps even having problems in the bedroom. There's a really good book called Passionate Marriage that is not very popular. But I knew this intuitively as a concept, but when I, I've read it, we have to understand that, well, I, I actually talk about this in the webinar and I write about this. Men are our mirrors. Our partners are our mirrors. We always attract an equal in terms of our energy, in terms of our deeper rooted beliefs, and in terms of how we see ourselves. If a woman has self-worth issues, she feels like she's not good enough, she doesn't deserve love, I'm not worthy of love. You, if you if this is your belief system deep down inside, because these are the core three rooted beliefs, you're going to keep attracting men who are narcissists, who are emotionally unavailable, and so on and so forth. You always attract an equal. The yeah. situation you just described, that's ridiculous to think that all men are narcissists and yeah. I'm this woman. I don't understand what's happening. Well, you've got to look inside. Yeah. yeah. I think that goes for men too. There's this great quote that says, if you meet an, an a-hole in the morning, He's probably an a-hole. If you meet an a-hole all day long, if all you run into is at jerks, um, probably you. It's probably you. <laughs> so you know you got to work on yourself if you're seeing that pattern, which is what's the Absolutely. first thing you said in terms of Michelle. Hi, girlfriends. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, you're listening to the episode, but I quickly wanted to jump in and let you know that I have prepared something exciting for you. If you're interested in polarity, femininity, and how to embrace your feminine and how to attract primarily masculine men in your life, this announcement is going to be very useful for you because I'm talking about my signature uh, training. Uh, I'm like, how do I describe this experience? Because it's really an experience, you know. This is a signature training, my one-hour webinar that I've put together. And it honestly, it's it's been through a few iterations in the last two years. But I feel like this is the best yet training of mine that didn't come from, you know, reading two books and three courses and like coming together in a 
copy-paste thing that I now advise women to do. No, this has come from me, my own lived experience through my dating life and through finding and attracting the masculine men of my dreams and then marrying him and creating a family. This also came, yes, indeed, from a lot of research and learning and courses and coaches and, oh my God, you name it. You know, it's been a, it's been a journey of five years for me about that time. And also this has come from my clients. So the previous training, how is this different if you've signed up for another training of mine, which was the live female success, by the way, this is different because this is now coming through a distillation of my work one-on-one with women who I've helped get to that place where they're just attracting better men and they start attracting better masculine men and are on their way to actually to a relationship eventually. Not only masculine, but also masculine committed men. So if you are in a situation where you're attracting men that are less than desirable, let's say they're feminine men who don't want to lead, don't want to take charge and men who are unavailable, then this training is for you. I will have to call all this training, how to start attracting your masculine committed men, basically in 30 days or less. And in this training, I will share with you some of the key things that I've learned throughout this journey that are helping. That's what my work with women is based on. So in this 60-minute training, you'll find the number one reason why you're still single and can't attract a committed masculine men. It's not what you think. How to break through the panthers of attracting unavailable or feminine men, as I said, and find your blind spot so you can attract the men you want. How to master the feminine masculine polarity so you start feeling taken care of, claimed, and finally be able to let go of control and uncover the lie of female success that's keeping you stuck, exhausted, and unfulfilled, which means in masculine energy all the time. So you can start living in freedom and joy and much, much more. So if you're interested, go to girlskill.com slash web sign up and I can't wait for you to see this training and to let me know how it went and by the way there's no replays for this so make sure you select the time that you can show up and be fully present all right I'm gonna jump off and you continue listening to this episode all right one question down that was great this is so good I want to like sneak into one of your webinars so courses <laughs> Um, Audrey, I've listened to you speak about not asking men on the first date if they are looking for something serious. How can we still approach dating in an intentional way if we are looking for something serious? Should we share our dating vision with them? Yeah, great question. So I actually have for everybody listening, I didn't package it as a course because I, you know, it's intentional dating is actually something, a whole module of men and intentional dating, the three stages of dating in in the program that I teach, my coaching program. And then I have there what I call 10 rules of being claimed. And then I took all of these rules and I turned them into IGTV live episodes and podcast episodes. There's about 11. So there's like 11 rules of being claimed. You can find this on my IGTV or on my podcast. And so one of them, and it's all about how to create your funnel and intentional dating. So Audrey, to answer your question, we have to understand that when we date, the purpose of the dating game, number one is to have fun, right? It's fun to go on dates and dating is supposed to be fun. I talk to so many women who are just burnt out, right? Don't want to date anymore. Online apps, where are all the good, you know? So if that is your reality, then that needs to change. How you approach dating is so important because again, if you're a woman and you're burnt out from dating, and especially if you have all these beliefs, what kind of date are you going to have on your first day, right? You're going to come in, you're going to have a poker face. And again, your expectation, it's a vicious cycle. You expect men not to show up. You expect this to be boring. It's going to be boring. So don't do that to yourself and don't do this to the men, okay? So 
how you do intentional dating is that, first of all, it's all, number one, it's all internal work. You've got to realize what you want, what are you available for. You've got to get out of your head and into your body. In my opinion, you have to understand how polarity works and what do you want. And then when you show up on dates, you're just dating. Like the purpose of dating, ultimately, yes, it is to find a partner. But do you think men think like that? Ultimately, yes, it's at the back of their mind. But when men date, the first, I don't even know, three, five dates, whatever, it's just about having fun and getting to know. I want to get to know you, Waylon. And they're like, I want to get to know this woman. What's your flavor? What do you like? Can we laugh together? Yeah. You know, when I met my husband, I wasn't thinking about, are you my next husband? Am I looking for a man? So I think the first thing that women really need to do, because it's, it's actually a woman's problem. A woman is thinking, where is this going? Is he going to be my next husband? Get this out of your head and just have fun. Put yourself out there and give men a lot of chances. I think women judge men too soon, too much. First day, he said this and he said this and I didn't like that. Or he didn't fit my profile, you know, of a matchmaking, whatever. I always say, women, focus on how you feel, right? And your feeling might be a bit off on the first date. Give men chances. So I always say, date, go on at least three dates with men. Do not make any judgments. And see how you feel after a third date. because. Look, Waylon, on the first date, everybody can be nervous. This guy could be like fidgety, especially if you're a beautiful woman with a red lipstick. Oh, my God. He has to have the balls and the power and the confidence to even I'll ask tell you, you out. Once. Yeah. So once I went on, I remember going on this date with uh, a lady who I wound up dating. And I remember the very first time I saw her, she was walking through Farmer's Market. And I was like, wow, that was, you know, I was like, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And at some point... We actually met and I asked her out. I don't remember any of that, but we went to a date. We went on our first date and I was so nervous that I don't think I was like present very much. Like <laughs> we went to a sushi bar where I knew everybody and I'm like talking with everyone because I know people and I'm like trying to relax by having other people around who think I'm cool. So the whole time I'm just so nervous. I could barely look at her. It was like staring at the sun. And then when we go outside after the date, for some reason I relaxed. I think because I just I knew I was just making a mess of the whole thing, mm-hmm. and so I relaxed and I said, you know, something like I would love to uh, see you again, just very straightforward and kind of sweet and normal. It was like sort of me suddenly, and she said, "Really? I thought you were having a horrible time in there because <laughs> I wouldn't even look at her, you know." So yeah, men are nervous and I'm not always nervous. It depends on the dynamic and the date, but yes, sometimes we're so nervous. Absolutely. And Waylon, you said two things there. Number one, you walked on the farmer's market. You saw a woman, you said, this is the most beautiful woman I've seen. A woman, when she sees a man that she's attracted to, she would not think this is the most beautiful man Mm -hmm. I've seen. So your language and how you talk about this is so subconscious, Mm -hmm. right? So a woman... What does a woman say, think? Yeah. So a woman would say, like a, a guy could, yes, he's, I mean, obviously we're attracted to beautiful men, but beauty in a man and his looks is not as important to us at all. Ugh. It's important how I feel around this guy. So it might be, you know, I'm like walking through the farmer's market and this guy's kind of standing there and I don't know, buying tomatoes and I'm near him and he cracks a joke. Or, you know, I like the way he handles a situation. Like that's how I judged how my husband was around situations, how he shows up and how I feel. 
he might be the most beautiful guy in the world, but if he's like an asshole or a feminine, like it doesn't matter. So that is, you see how the difference is how we perceive each other. It's very, men are very visual. I mean, it's very, very clear. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's how men have been designed. And number two, you said, yes, yeah, very important. When you took her to a restaurant, you took yeah. her to a sushi restaurant that you knew very well. Yeah. So it's also a tactic that men are using. You're going to take a woman to a place where you're comfortable. Yeah. And that's why for women, I always advise, he will ask you, where do you want to go? And you say, I like this and this and this, you pick. So you're giving a man a chance to actually bring you and he'll always bring you into a comfortable environment for him so he can relax a bit more. Because for men being around a beautiful woman or a woman in general, that is a lot of work. And women don't know that, right? Yeah. So I love that you shared that story, right? I love because that you that. Would give you chances. Yeah. Sorry. I love that you, you kind of clarified the 8 p.m. thing to me. Uh, for me just now which it's is 8 p.m i love you like 8 p.m thing <laughs> yeah well that you can say this is the kind of food i like or let's sit outside or let's do absolutely you know, let's go on a picnic you can say kind of what you want but then let him figure out exactly how to execute that yeah and organize it because that is what the trap is ask like you that. i say Give him choices, tell him what you like, because you also don't want to end up in a restaurant if you don't eat sushi or allergic to salmon. Like, yeah, that's exactly. not okay. Exactly. Let him organize it and let him plan yeah. and let yeah. him tell you what time to be crazy, for example, yeah. or ask you. Yeah. Going back, I love that you said if you're not having fun dating, you got to look at that because dating can be so fun. You just got to, like in Buddhism, we say light touch. Like, we got to relax our grip on everything. It's like, if you play a sport, baseball or something, you're trying to hit a home run with every single, like this ball is probably my future husband, you know, or future wife. You got to relax. You got to just be present and, and then you'll hit the ball, you know, then you're having some fun. And the way to do that, Waylon, for women specifically. So I'm a feminine embodiment coach. That is feminine embodiment is a modality that I use to help women shift and transform. That is the basis of my work. And the women I work with, who have been in therapy for years and actually are therapists themselves. We have some clients in the program. They report that feminine embodiment is the missing piece. Why? Because relationships and dating and love and intimacy is not a head thing. You mm -hmm. can't rationalize, analyze, strategize your way through relationships and dating and intimacy, especially if you're a woman. It has to be in your body. When your body is relaxed, and you're not in here, but you're in yeah. here. And it's a continuous practice that I teach. It's a All daily right. practice that I do myself. You can just drop down into the body. You can come up on a date. You can sit down and say, hi, how are you? You're not thinking about your to-do list. You're not thinking yeah. about where is this going? Where am I going after? How are you? Right? right? And then you laugh and you smile and you're present. And if this guy makes a mistake, who cares? You're just there to have fun. You know, yeah. that's what we want. And that's what men are looking for. If you're able to do this as a woman, oh my God, the world is your oyster and you're constantly going to be surrounded by men and women and people in general, because that is what's attractive. A woman who has let go of the facade, has let go of her defense mechanism that I always need to be strong and independent and yeah. who cares, you know, just show up and have fun yeah. and be light. And before you said, when I said something, your body language relaxed. I love when you just said, if you make a mistake, if the guy makes a mistake, who cares? You just, I don't know quite what you said, but you're just having fun. You know, that yeah. feels strong. When I heard that, I was visualizing a date and I'm like, yeah, that makes the woman so powerful, so relaxed, so embodied, just 
present, you know, in a funny yeah. way that puts you in command, but in a very different way than the kind of ginned up, almost like war of the sexes that we think about. Yeah, absolutely. And if something goes wrong and that doesn't feel in your body, you know how to recognize this and you know how to say, no, this mm. is not okay with me. Mm. I do not yeah. accept that. Yeah. Here are my boundaries. Yeah. And you choose to walk away and you choose to assert yourself when the situation presents itself. But it doesn't have to be this spiky, always on eggshells that I see in so many women today because they need to perform, show up, and constantly be in this masculine energy of perform, do, 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 you know, prove that you can do it. Like, we just need to effing relax and just let go. Yeah. I love that. That should be one of your T-shirts. We just need to relax. Um, From Leslie, how can individuals find that special one if they already, in their mind, want that perfect one that turns them on in many ways? not sure if I understood that. How can individuals find that special one if they already, in their mind, want that perfect one that turns them on in many ways? So I guess, how do you find your match or your partner if you already have a very clear idea of what you're looking for? What turns you on? Well, I'd say that's good. That's good that you you know what you want mm, and what, like what turns you on. The question is, I'm assuming, Leslie, you're asking this question because you're not finding that one. Because if you were, then you'd be good. You wouldn't probably be listening to this or, you know, you would be yeah. asking this question. So yeah, if I you have... It sounds like she knows what she wants. Sounds like she knows what she wants, but she's not getting that. So the question is why, right? And what are you getting? What are you attracting? What are you seeing in men in our mirrors? So if you know what you want, let's say you want a man who's assertive, has his shit together, is blah, 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 you know, what are you getting instead? Are you getting the complete opposite of that? Why, right? Maybe you're too rigid in your checklist. Maybe you're, you know, looking for a blue-eyed blonde guy who earns $100,000 a year, you know, that's a bit rigid. So I always say focus on how you feel. So number one is look at what you're attracting instead and see why, right? If you're attracting emotionally unavailable men, chances are that you yourself are emotionally unavailable. That needs to be fixed and looked at in terms of beliefs and all of that. If you're attracting feminine men who don't take charge, don't know what they want, you're probably too much in your masculine energy when you are with a man. So you need to shift that gear and know how to relax, let go of control. So you see, Waylon, every question that I get from a woman, I have more questions for you. There's no black and white answer. Well, because I do all this online learning and teaching and mostly from a Buddhist point of view, but we also teach about writing and, and stuff. And I feel like the mark of like a charlatan, a mark of someone who's just online selling crap is they have very ready answers for everything. You have to, you know, in your position, you need to know more. You need to have a dialogue. And I love that. Yeah. I feel like you have some good integrity there. And I love what you said about the checklist. I wrote a book about relationships from a Buddhist point of view. And I had something in there that like I do have, I had a really big checklist, a long checklist. And there was some sense of like, I'm never going to meet anyone who checks all those things off. But I wrote about that and I kind of held it up against the Buddhist teachings. And I think there's some level of, yeah, you can have your checklist, but at some point you're going to meet a real human being and you're just going to have to toss it. And Mm -hmm. nothing's wrong with discernment or looking for certain qualities or attributes, but you kind of also have to let go of some of that. 
what's your feeling with that checklist thing? So two things here. Number one, I always tell women, it's good to know what you want. Like, you know, yeah. you have to be clear in order to attract what you want and magnetize a man that you want. So, but number one, what I tell women is focus on how you feel, right? Because uh, my man, and I always tell this story to my clients, they love it. My man was a hell no, Waylon. When I met my man, this guy didn't have any game whatsoever. And I was like, what the hell's going on with this guy? He just randomly was showing up at cafes that I was working at in Colombia. I thought he was just there working. But in fact, he was just showing up. Like you so, were on your laptop, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were yeah. all working online. And he was yeah. just looking for an entry point right. to take me. And the entry point presenting himself who went on a trip. He was with me, blah, blah, blah. I didn't, I, back then, you know. I didn't care. I was in that energy of like, whatever. I'm not looking for a husband. I'm dating different types of men. I'm available. I don't even care what's going on here, but I'll go with you because I want to have fun. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening on our second trip, he took me, he said, oh, do you want to go to this you know, nearby town in Colombia where Pablo Escobar was born? I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. So I jumped on a motorcycle with him. He took me there. And then we're kind of having fun. We're drinking a little bit of aguardiente, which is, you know, Colombian vodka. And then it's like already 6, 7 p.m. And he says, oh, do you want to like stay overnight so that we can explore the surroundings tomorrow morning? You see what he's doing there. And I'm like sitting there. And, you know, when I was with him at that table, I actually did not feel like an extremely powerful connection or even attraction. In fact, I thought this was kind of boring. But you know what, knowing me and YOLO, you know, I was in Colombia and I was like, whatever. And I knew where this is going. Like I knew that if I'm staying overnight and saying, yes, we're having sex. Like I was very <laughs> clear. I didn't particularly enjoy that. I, I was like, whatever. You know, I was always that woman who's like, hell yeah. And so it happened. We went to a hotel that was not very nice. And I think he even let me pay for it, which was really bizarre. But anyways. Uh, After we spent that night together, I think he was drunk at that point, honestly. And, okay, here you go. When we enter the hotel, he picks up from his back his toothbrush and his toothpaste. And I'm like, hey, what's going on here? Because he has prepared to stay overnight. Uh, and obviously I didn't. I went on a day trip, Waylon. He oh, packed yeah. his toothbrush so you can see how the mask in my work. So anyways, long story short, we come back after that trip. I record a message to my girlfriend and I say, hey, Lisa, I thought men at 40 know what the hell they're doing with women in bed. Apparently not. This wow. was one of the most disappointing experiences that I had with, with a man. And this is the man you're now in love with. This is the man. And I said, hell no, I'm not seeing this guy again. And then, you know, things have happened. I was texting with the other guys or whatever. And at some point, because he was kind of, I even like we went to a bar one night and I remember I took him out and I said, stop wasting your time on me. This is not working. Like I was so not into it. Well, it was weird. Yeah. Like the guy didn't have any game. And then what happened is that the ATM machine that I was, you know, I was in Colombia, it ate my debit card where I was getting paid and everything. So I didn't have any money. I was in a very difficult situation. And String was the guy who I was kind of talking to and he was messaging. He kept messaging me. And I was like, whatever, you know, this is just a guy. So I, I shared with him what happened. So he shows up very seriously and says, how much money do you need? And I was like, uh, I don't know, $1,500 to pay my rent and, you know, until I figure this out. He says, the money is going to be on your, tab on your table tomorrow. Mm. You can return when you're ready. And I was like, mm. okay. so. 
it was not about the money. He always jokes. Yeah. He 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 bought me for fifteen hundred bucks, but the money was there on the table, Waylon. And I saw this as an act of. I was I was quite surprised because this guy showed up, right. and after that something. And that's a powerful statement. The, you know, up until now in the story, he wasn't necessarily. I mean, he was asking you out. He was sticking around. He was packing his toothpaste and toothbrush, but he wasn't necessarily powerful in your mind. But that's a powerful statement of "I'll take care." Kind of what you were saying about you want to be taken care of on some level. Yeah, he showed up, and he really, you know took care of it like I felt like hmm, like I was like hmm, interesting I could probably trust this guy you know and then through this story we started I was kind of opening up to him and I saw him in a very different light from then onwards hmm. and one story short from from that point on I saw him very differently you know and how he showed up and we started having the best sex of our lives and went on different trips and everything two months later he's like let's go to mexico your whole connection flipped or or twisted yeah and that's what i'm saying like and i asked him before where was your game he was like well that was my game he wasn't the guy who would like aggressively go for it or whatever which is quite attractive but i gave him a lot of chances i didn't just like "Eh," dismiss him or whatever he kept trying and i gave him chances at some point he really showed up and to this day, like I had, I never had doubts about is he going to show up or not. I could trust wow. this man with my heart, with my body, with my everything. And that polarity continued through. We've been together now five plus years, married for three and a half, second child on the way. Yeah. And in an ironic way, that allows you to relax on that intimate front. And then you can tackle and, and your career and your ambition fully in a focused way. Yeah. And I can also wail and relax because I can do what I love without having on top of my mind, how are we going to pay the bills tomorrow? Because I trust him to take care of that. And I believe that every man has the capacity and the ability to take care of himself, his woman, and at least one child so that she doesn't have, of course, we we make all the financial decisions together. I'm very much involved, you know, because like I know how to make my own money. If anything happens tomorrow... I'm out there in the job market. I'm taking care of myself and my daughter and everything. But right. I choose to let go of that part and to trust him, to take care of the bills, to take care of our survival so I can focus on doing what I love and I'm not stressed and pressured, oh, my God, what are we going to eat tomorrow? You know. But that's just the choice that I make in our relationship. This is so interesting. I mean, it's so interesting coming hearing you know, what you teach from a point of view of like Boulder, Colorado, where it's, you know, you talk about, feminine men i mean i think you would get like eaten alive by a pack of independent women who would like not have that like men are sort of almost secondary here it's like a star trek episode where men are almost like going extinct we're not really relevant here and women are empowered and strong and and kind of kick-ass and fabulous but they do have that question that you have in your article which is like where are all the and there are good men and i know a lot of good relationships in my community of friends, but there is a sense that like at the end of the day, where are the goddamn men, good men? Yeah. But both are unhappy. Waylon. Both mm. are unhappy in that dynamic. And so the women can march and complain and get more and more empowered. But at one time she's going to have to ask a question, right? Why? What is really happening here? And that's what, to me, that's what's driving my work, right? 
because both are unhappy. A woman who has everything that she wants, but she doesn't have a man by her side who she can respect and be attracted to and trust is not a woman who's happy and fulfilled. If she says that she is, she might be, but deep down inside, based on my experience, and I might be wrong, but I've worked with hundreds and thousands of women that I've asked, that is the case. A woman wants to be taken, ravished. You know, a woman's like that powerful, successful woman you're talking about, what does she want in the bedroom? She wants to be thrown on the bed, bended over, and made love to. That's mm-hmm. what she wants if you ask really what she wants in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. But chances are she also wants that in life with her man. She wants to feel that presence in him that no matter what's going on in her emotional storm and chaos, he's standing there strong and he can hold space for her. I want you to – have you written a book? I'm in the process of it, Waylon. Thanks for asking. Write a book, <laughs> publish it, come to Boulder, and give right. this talk to Boulder women. And I, I will help host. I will protect you. If you a tell mom, these women to sign up for my webinar. and They will. They will, will open up. Yard, but you will need security. So Sinead <laughs> so of Facebook actually has a question exactly about what you were just talking about. And this could be the last question. We've already gone for, I don't know, an hour. Plus, what about the women who are fulfilled by work, success, drive, and ambitious for themselves, but not just wanting to be a mother? What about women who are fulfilled by work, success, drive, ambition, and don't have interest in being a partner or a mother? That's great. Yeah. What, what, what about them? That's the question. I, I don't know anything more. <laughs> I don't know. If, if that's your choice, then that's your choice. You know, I work, yeah. I have women in my program who don't want to be mothers. That's but I think fine. you just kind of said, like, a woman is not going to be happy, even mm-hmm. if she has all the success in the professional sphere, and maybe even with her friend's sphere. But if she doesn't have a lover or a partner or a, a match, she won't be happy. Did, did you say that or did I get confused? I did say that. and. I hope I said most women, because again, there's a danger here. I don't want to generalize and say everyone is like this, right? Because not everyone is like this. And if it works for you and you are fulfilled by your career and business and everything, and there's no problem. Like I work with women who actually have an issue and saying, I have all of this, but I'm actually not fulfilled in my dynamics with men. Whether you want to be a mother or not, it doesn't actually matter here. Most women still want to be mothers, Waylon. Like I say most. I don't want to generalize. I apologize if I said all women because it's not everyone. But what about women who are – I'm that woman who's fulfilled by her career and uh, her business and everything, but I'm also the woman who's fulfilled by being a mother by being a wife. And I would say that a lot of women, if not most women, want to have both of worlds. If you're a woman who's very much fulfilled by one aspect of your life and you don't want a partner or you are fulfilled with with what you've got, then that's perfectly fine. No judgment there. You know, I'm not here to convince you of any if things work for you, then that's great. Right? Okay. Yeah. No, I love that. And then that allows you to relax and say, is this something I want? I'm not being judged. Is this something I want? Yeah. In my experience, however, I want to say in my experience, and again, I might be generalizing here, is that for most women, that is not enough. That is just not enough for most women, right? They want to be with a partner. And a lot of the women still want to have children and will always want to have children, right? But if that's not your case, then that's fine. Great. 
All right, one more question. I'm being told there's another good question. It's from a man, so from Robert. Final question and a final reminder, Anna, we can do a webinar with you, a free webinar, and there should be a link in the sidebar and a link for the, your article, which I loved. Uh, the third time I read it, I loved. Second time I loved. <laughs> and now you're absolutely like a convert. You want to take me to Boulder. <laughs> I do. I like it. Well, I think I like having in America, particularly, as you may know from the Trump years, we're very weak at being able to have fun, having healthy disagreements or even even uh, dialogues. Because uh, I don't know that I disagree with much here, but there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, we absolutely. Could, yeah. Anyway, Robert's question is: What is your theory for maintaining a relationship? So you meet, you know, some great guys. Strang is that his name? Then how do you maintain that from your school of thought? You maintain it in the same way. Great question. It's we actually work with a few women who are in relationships already, who are with a man. But the polarity is reversed, meaning that this woman has taken on too much on her plate and her man is kind of just sitting by and letting her take charge, letting her make all the decisions, all the money and everything. And for that particular woman, that is exhausting. That's what I call reverse polarity. And she's coming to work with us because she wants to change that dynamic. Mm -hmm. She wants her man to step up and take care of his life and also take care of her and their baby because she's exhausted and burnt out. So. The answer to that, and that's why I love doing this work, especially working with single women, because if you do this right from the beginning of your dating life, let's say letting a man take charge, knowing about polarity, um, letting him step up, knowing that you choose, right, let them compete for you, all of that, that funnel with intention. What this is going to do is it's going to almost like, obviously there's no guarantees in life, but you're going to end up with a man who stand strong in his masculine because you know how to lean back and let him and ultimately claim you and I know claim is a very strong word but claim you as his woman propose to you let's say get in a marriage in a relationship whatever and you're going to maintain that polarity so when I work with women Waylon I'm not interested in some you know there's all this stuff and all these testimonials about I got engaged or I got married you won't see that on my website because that is not my goal If my goal was to get a woman engaged and get married, I could totally do that because as a woman, and every woman knows this, we can totally screw a man's head and he will, we can make him propose and we can make him fall in love with us. And it's, there's many, many techniques that a woman can do uh, using seduction, using her body, using her sexuality. I'm going now into the toxic femininity realm, but that is not my goal. My intention with working with women is giving a woman tools that she can use long-term sustainably to maintain that polarity. So the answer to that question from Robert is maintain, how do you maintain that polarity in relationship once you've got a man who's in his masculine? This is what I'm working with women on. It's continuous work and it's still to this day. I'm in a happily married relationship with a man who's in his masculine I'm still dropping into my body, still dropping on my hands and knees and doing my flow because life happens as a woman who's running her business and I have to make a lot of decisions, show up here, right, and express and all of that. You know, I, I'm human and I, and I get bogged down with life and it's very stressful for my system as a woman. So I use the practices every day. Sometimes I'm, I'm on my hands and knees for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And so how you maintain that is you use the same principles. As a woman 
a lot of women, when they get into relationships and marriages, what they do is that they think, all right, my job is done. I got claimed. I'm married. That's it. Uh, we have kids. He's locked in. It's all good, right? Yeah. yeah. But And then she starts going on this treadmill of control and trying to hold everything and manage everything. And that leads to unhappiness mm-hmm. either because she lets it go. As you know, relationships are, I don't want to say work because that's really kind of a lot, but it's a constant dance. When my man does something that upsets me, which happens because we're human, my first question is, how does that feel? And what is that about? It's not to react right. and to say, you did this and blah, blah, blah. It's about taking that radical responsibility for how I feel. What is this about? Does this need to be communicated? Is this a boundary that needs to be taken? Can I drop on my hands and knees and flow through that? Is this really important for me to focus on or not? Can I let it go? The biggest compliment that my man has given me, two things. I feel free with you and you're easy. This is what men want in relations and in marriages, a woman who is easy and free. doesn't mean that she's like this pretending to be easy, but it means that she's totally responsible for her own emotional state. She has the tools on how to deal with that internally first. Yeah. And then to come up to him and say, look, this isn't working for me. This is how you're an amazing husband. I love this. This This particular thing isn't working for me. Don't like how it feels. Let's figure this out, right? That's how you maintain that. It's all in the polarity, in the tools. And, of course, sometimes it's also going into your belief system about men because so many women are in marriages with men, but they believe that they can't trust. She she can't trust him. She can't let go. And that's a problem. Yeah. Good stuff. Anna, so fun. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really, I'm I'm delighted that this is my job and I get to talk with you today. That was so fun. Thank you. Yeah, and it's helpful for me because I think I have this basic belief, which is well-intentioned, that, you know, I'm engaged with my fiancé, with my girlfriend. It's funny because I was very assertive. I know, you know, I'm, I've been single, so I know what I want in my life. And I, if I don't know what I want, I know I'm going to figure it out. I'm on the path to figuring it out. And as she's become part of me and part of my world, I've stopped being as clear about what I want because I start being more like, what do you want? This is sort of what, you know, it helps me understand, oh, a lot of, and I've seen this throughout the relationship with her, when she's in a good place, when I've helped her feel warm, like she runs cold, her hands are cold, her feet are cold. Uh, We have a hot water bottle. I'm always making a hot water bottle for her. And when I can get her in a state where she feels comfortable and cozy and loving and you know, she's cuddling and she will like rub my hand or my arm like constantly. It's so loving and it's almost like she's not even doing it intentionally. I'm like, okay, she's in good state. So there is this thing of like, I do need to take care of her and that's okay. It doesn't mean that she's not a powerful person. And at the same time, she does need to take care of her own emotional state. And I need to take care of mine. We need to check in with ourselves first instead of knee jerk, like, dishes you know that's why everyone's always Mm -hmm. about the dishes or whatever (laughs) these petty little everyday things that we forget with our how are we feeling i love that yeah absolutely and that is a quality when when you feel like your man is taking care of you and he cares and he warms your hands 
Right. You know, it's such a different feeling for a woman to feel that than for a man to feel that. It's the, the question is always like, yeah. as a woman, do you like to be spooned at night or do you want a spoon? I mean, I actually like to turn around, kind of put my hand around my man, but that lasts for about five minutes. We yeah. actually together turn around and he covers me with his big body and that right. makes me feel so. And that's how I actually fall asleep really quickly. So that is of him covering you with his big body in, in your article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in my, yeah. yeah. We've yeah. Really done a photo shoot around that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I like to cuddle a lot. And then I, when I want to go to sleep, I like to be far away. I like to... I'm have my space. I've just spent. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we kind of spread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially, so this idea of a woman being physically smaller and a man, you know, we we have that sense of like, I want to be held and I want to be taken, and that that that's a feeling that so many women relate to, and and they want that. That is the beauty of polarity, and that's why I'm so obsessed with that. I see the world today. I go outside, and I see polarity everywhere. I could sit right. at a restaurant and be like, here's what's happening yeah. on this table. Here's what's happening on this table. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. Well, thank you, Anna. I, I, I've kept you far too long. But um, please check out her free webinar, and hopefully we'll do many more. This is so fun. Yeah. Um, thanks so much, Waylon. It was really, thank really fun. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, everyone check out our webinar check out our article and Anna thank you so much thanks so much Will. bye alright girlfriends hope you enjoyed listening or watching to this episode and if you did and if you resonate with most of the things I'm saying and you want to learn more and you want to finally start attracting masculine men I have an invitation for you so as you know I am committed and passionate about helping successful women attract and keep committed masculine men. So I have a personal invitation for you. If you're resonating with everything and you're ready to step up and invest in yourself and take things to the next level, I would love, love, love to talk to you and see if you'd be a fit for my work and what I do. And so Basically, what I'm doing is I'm inviting you and it's a personal invitation If you, only if you resonate because I don't work for, with everyone and I'm not here to just, you know, make a quick buck and whatever. I'm here committed to your result and I will make sure that we go until the end and that we get you the result that you want, which is start attracting better men. So, I invite you to sign up to actually apply for a free discovery call with me. It's a call that is one hour long. And what we do is we talk about your current situation, where you are today, and what's wrong, quote unquote, wrong with your dynamics with men, what you don't like. And then we're going to talk about what you really want and where you want to get. And at the end, if I find that that's a good fit, I'll tell you what I do and I'll offer you to join us and uh, how we could work together. So just to give you a bit of context, this, is, this experience is all about and what I'm going to offer to only if I find that that's a good fit is about number one, putting yourself in the best position to start attracting committed masculine men and not through tactics and techniques or tips, tricks, whatever, but just by being you and understanding and appreciating men, thus creating a deeper relationship with yourself as a feminine essence woman and attract 
better committed masculine men. Number two, it's all about letting go of overworking perfectionism and the need to control by overcoming your limiting beliefs, patterns, and obstacles through discovering your worth and enoughness and rebuilding your faith in your own voice, in your own decisions, and exploring your boundaries and so on and so on. Number three, it's all about letting your body lead. Stop overthinking and start trusting your gut and your heart when it comes to making decisions, expanding and embracing your range of emotions, cultivating sense of awareness and pleasure and feeling more without apologizing for it. And I know if you're here, you understand and you know that the path to your masculine man who's a conscious, healthy man is through you, is through embracing your feminine nature, is through running with the wolves and embracing your wild feminine side and actually gaining power from it. And a healthy masculine man will only be attracted to that if you get to that place yourself. And last but not least, it's all about becoming deeply connected to yourself as a woman. Understand what true femininity is, exploring deeper levels of intimacy, and finally becoming free, lighter, and open. Embracing basically the feminine side of polarity, because again, this is what your masculine man wants. And it's all about stop living in the masculine energy by pushing, doing, and choosing all the time and start living enjoy freedom and your wild nature where you can surrender, where you can finally let go. Trust me, this is an amazing place to be and it's easy and joyful and it feels natural and feels like a woman. So if you resonate, go to girlskill.com slash apply and there's going to be a short survey, step one, just apply there and then the next step is to schedule a call with me. It's going to be an hour. We have fun on this call, so I hope to see you there. And my, my calendar is booked for another, I mean, booked. My calendar is open for another week. So go ahead and do that. If you don't see times that are available for you, make sure you email me because I'll always make time for you to make sure that you get your spot. All right, girlfriend, keep running with wolves and I'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>